You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Anne Sylvie Salzman's new book from Tartarus Press is Darkscapes. Thank you for speaking with me, Anne. Thank you for being there. This is a really interesting book. I think that you do the best thing that can be done with horror, which is to use the genre and the elements of the fantastic and prose to break down reality and break down the bridge between what we perceive as external reality and our own internal selves, and then just demolish it in a manner with a narrative that's really frightening. Talk about just discovering this kind of, these inner landscapes we find in this book. Mm. Uh, Well, uh, most of the time this uh, inner landscape will have a sort of a, mm, how could you say that? external sort of point of birth, can I say that, something sure. like that, uh, in the sense that uh, there will be a landscape uh, which I saw or which I at one point imagined or transformed from a dream or from an old memory or something. <coughs> and then uh, it's, it's been, for some reason, it's been, it, sticks in, it sticks in my mind. And it's been transformed slowly into some sort of a, yeah, some sort of a fiction, which kind of grows rather naturally, in fact, before getting uh, to the point that it has to be written. Oh, so your stories come alive within you for a long time before they actually get written? Probably so, yes. Uh, it has. It really has to be like the... Um, uh, well, the comparison is not very apt, but well, um, the the piece of dust or the little piece of anything which gives birth to the uh, pearl. But I don't compare my <laughs> stories to pearl. It's just that it has to be a sort of accident in the uh, in the landscape or the sort of accident in the in the way of things, and it sticks to my in my mind, and it it's been then uh, appropriated by my sort of uh, brain system or whatever and then it, it yeah slowly it transforms into into a story and or the setting of a story or the the uh, the um, uh, the from which the story is being built something like that well this collection has a lot of i think you deal in a lot of really classic horror themes in this collection i mean these are, are themes that have been working a lot, but you bring something new, absolutely brilliantly new, to every one of them. And that's, that's a tough act to pull off. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, well, first off, this book is divided into four sections. Um, Lost Girls, Crucifixions, the story of Margaret and wildlife. And it's clear when we read the stories that why those divisions are there. Did the stories exist before the divisions, or did they just fall into that afterwards? No, the division were sort of device because uh, it has to, it had to be organized in, in, in some sort of way. But uh, stories are coming from uh, pretty different 
moments and uh, it, they were I mean they were written in the course of something like 10 years mm. uh, the first one was I think the, the, um, the one with an, an unpronounceable Gaelic uh, <laughs> title which I <laughs> which I've heard and which I uh, note, noted down Minanik, but I don't, I don't know if it's the right pronunciation and I, I just because I have no uh, and this was the first one and then the others came and I, I could see after that I could see a sort of pattern uh, in in the um, in their different uh, texture and then that's why I organized these sections but it has to be also um, I have to, to say that uh, there was a first book in French, a short uh, collection in French. Um, some of the stories, and so all the stories from the first book are in this uh, Tartarus um, collection. And then um, there's a second batch which was also published in French this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so, th and the two French books are organized. Uh, the organization of the French books is slightly different. Oh, interesting. Uh, but it also has this sort of three, well, it, it has four parts. Four so parts, yeah. yeah the, 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 the French book have three parts, each okay. of them. But it, it, and it's just, I think it's mostly a game mm. that it has to create maybe uh, echoes between the stories in a way. Right. Mm. The only one which has sense, in fact, is the section which is called the story of Margaret, because mm. it, it, the, the two stories are really uh, linked. Right. Uh, well, I, we'll talk about that. That's mm. a, an amazingly brilliant piece of work. Uh, but I wanted to talk about uh, the story, um, the Child of Evil Stars, which is a classic mm. circus comes to town, freak show story, but you bring to it so many different prose textures and bring it to such a, a stunning conclusion. Talk about the, the, how that story came to be. Um, that seems like what happens when you fall, fall asleep watching Todd Brown freaks, Todd <laughs> Brown's freaks like for a, a month. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it certainly is linked with uh, 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 freaks, although I will have to um, confess right now that I've never seen the whole film for, for some reasons. I have it at home. Mm -hmm. it's, it's been years since I want to see it whole, but I just saw extracts. Mm -hmm. It's kind of... Uh, uh, I think... The, the but actually, the, the story was... When I was speaking of these sort of slight accidents which create a d piece of dust on which the... the I think the 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 accident, so 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 to speak, for this story was the um, sort of mixture of the um, diorama, diorama, diorama yes, mm -hmm. uh, at the at the uh, um, national uh, natural history museum in New York, bizarrely enough, because of these strange settings that the circus has a sort of gallery of boxes glass boxes with mm, animals in it and, and, and people so uh, I think it was coming from there of course you can see only uh, animals in, in New York but it was like we could to take these kind of things and, and sort of put it in a freak show and see what happens 
And so this... Uh, but what else was in the story? I, I, I'm honestly, I don't remember, except that these kind of settings, uh, uh, East European settings, I also really appreciate. And, uh, you can see some in, in, in uh, the novels I'm, I'm writing as well. Well, one of the things I think that uh, sets your work apart is the amazing prose. So uh, you let these stories coalesce. Do you just write them in one long fever heat at a computer typewriter or pen on a piece of you um, know, the hide of some recently slaughtered animal? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, uh, most of the time I will start to write by hand. Mm -hmm. um, um, I've got some sort of pieces of notebooks and stuff. Um, and sometimes they are really wholly written uh, by hand and then I uh, type them. But recently I sort of uh, started to also uh, have said that uh, skip this writing by hand uh, episode. Although I, I find it a bit kind of, uh, I like it start to write by hand and then uh, and it's mm, depends w some of the stories were written pretty quickly mm. uh, and some of them took something like a month or two because mm. I'm a s most of the time I'm a very slow and very uh, uh, scarce writer I should say I write uh, by night most of the time it's not <laughs> Not just surprised. because during the day I do other things, and I'm, I'm anyway I'm 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 a, I'm a late worker. I, I'm I'm a translator, mm. so I don't have um, office hours, mm. and I most of the time I will uh, anyway I do most of my work late in the afternoon and by night. And writing is really probably more something of the night, but it also happens that I can write. In one of the stories actually was written. Um, I start. To, I, I, I started to write it uh, during a, a business meeting because <laughs> up to up to uh, a few years ago, I was well, six years ago now, five years ago. I was. Uh, I still had an um, office job uh, to complement all the the uh, translations. Now it's it's full time translating, uh, and I, I was so bored. I, I said to myself, "Well, I have to I have to see if I can extract myself." Because I'm always in this sort of a, yeah, writing is a sort of trance, so uh, it has to be in the evening, etc., etc. And I wanted to, I wanted to, to be able to have this kind of trance in the setting, which was not at all positive for this kind of experiment, and it worked. I was, I was kind of uh, amused. Which story is it? Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> the worst one, probably. <laughs> uh, no, the one which is called the um, uh, how is it called in English? Uh, the opening. Oh right! Oh, that's the oh, that's a great story. That's not the worst story in any sense. And uh, this brings to me. Well, let's talk a little bit about the opening because it's so written so differently. You managed to be very chameleonic in your styles. Uh, some of your stuff is very surreal, and it's like you we will start reading the story of something like uh, Girl into Fox. Uh, is that the, the Fox into Lady? Mm. That, you read that story, it's like from about the first sentence on, you're immersed in a, in a dream which devolves into a really terrifying nightmare. Uh, the opening is 
fairly conventional. We have a family on vacation on, at the beach. So talk about uh, that story, which has a rather unconventional ending for the English beach holiday. Yeah. Uh, also, it's also coming from these uh, uh, external settings, and this one I think is a is a is a um, what is called Havre in French, mm -hmm. which is sort of a um, long inlay of sea. Can you say that? Mm -hmm. <coughs> a bit sandy and muddy, and um, and I was there with friends, and at one point I wanted to see what was at the at the, uh, at the bottom of this Havre, uh, and everything was started to be to to look pretty weird. And it, I said to myself, well, this could be one of the uh, a good setting for anything. Uh, so it again, it, it it get into me, got into me, and uh, lay there a, a, a few a few a few moments or a few weeks, few months probably, and somehow naturally, uh, I I imagined that this could be uh, uh, the place could be. Um, Usual, ideal setting for um, some sort of a, a ho horrible uh, ceremony or ritual. So, and the, the other pieces sort of came along rather naturally. I, I, it, it's always difficult to explain what. No, doing a great job, actually. The uh, um, and then the the writing, of course, helps in the sense that. Um, um, I, I'm rather I I'm, I dislike most of what I read these days. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. No, I mean in in the French literature. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mean the 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 other, uh, but because the 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 French literature, the modern contemporary French literature is so um, devoid of um, uh, elusiveness. It is so. Uh, Heavy, in fact, it is so. Uh, exp uh, how do you call, how do you say that in English? Explanative or yeah. it, it has explicit mm -hmm. uh, in a not, not in a <laughs> oh. maybe in both senses, but it it has to say everything. It mm -hmm. has to explain even uh, the the, the uh, horror French horror is oh look uh, now we ent we entering a house which is kind of a uh, mysterious and this. You really get the impression that there's a little guy uh, holding one of these uh, uh, mm, placard. Placard say, "Hey, <laughs> horror starts here," <laughs> and it's it's really actually it's really boring. It really gives me the um, uh, so what I probably unconsciously try or consciously, but consciously wouldn't be so good because then I could fall into this kind of over explanative or over. Um, Explicit uh, things uh, is really to um, the, the story gets in myself. It's been transformed by dreams or the, the, the functioning of the brain or whatever. And then at one point, it's probably ripe for being written. And then it's uh, it's really like an, an, an object which form and that you have to describe in the sense that um, in the sense that uh, you, you leave some space to your reader 
you describe the parts of it and you 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 will try to uh, uh, and and you trust the reader to do the the rest of the job really. yeah well so that's the the I think the real appeal and the the reason your stories are so terrorizing I mean there's so much that you get us really invested with the prose and the characters and to show us enough and then the rest were already so so demoralized <laughs> the time we get there mm. when you started the opening in that business meeting did you know where it was going to go mm, probably yes oh. sometimes sometimes it, it's kind of obvious where it, it's going to go um, the, the um, let me think. Yeah, mostly I know somehow where to go. Huh? I'm not always, I don't always know exactly how to go there, but uh, uh, this kind of natural stru structuration of the story sort of helps that you kind of follow something which been, uh, something which been, which has been uh, uh, Working in your brain really like a yes or something. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 I really think that part of the process is pretty is natural and it's the, the conscious part is really for me to put it into words. But the images are kind of uh, there. My brain makes them. Of course, I don't. Uh, but it, it's 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 the most conscious part is writing. But there, I don't think there's such a. How to say that? Uh, so, so many, uh, so much uh, consciousness is in, in consciousness in the actual fabrication of the story. So you're mm -hmm. like a, you've you've already kind of created the story in your mind, and your job as a writer is just to essentially fill in the blank parts of the page. Yeah, something like that. Or, or <laughs> just putting the, um, just describing. What I'm. What's in your brain? What, what's in my brain? Oh, I mean, probably everyone does that. <laughs> no, you. I, I think mm. you do something more because, well, let, uh, let's talk about a different kind of story, the opposite end of the spectrum, fox and a lady. Uh, <laughs> it's a story that just completely, once you immerse yourself in that world, you're just. It's very strange and weird. It's not at all what you'd expect from that title. It does play absolutely with the transformation myth, the werewolf myth, and all these kind of horror tropes. But it, I think it doesn't just turn them upside down. It inverts them and pulls them out through a hole in themselves. <laughs> so talk about, you know, you do a great job of dreaming up outside of all the horror stuff and the, the consciousness stuff. You dream up great monsters, original monsters. <laughs> Um, yes, so th this one was kind of a. Um, that's also sometimes also a, a notion of uh, some sort of ch challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, the first story, for, uh, the first story uh, um, historically, uh, then I, w I will get back to uh, Fox and to Lady, then to Fox, Fox and to Lady. Um, it was the this um, Irish or yeah Irish or Scottish tale of, of the uh, girl who drones, and it. it it came at a, at a time where uh, some of my friends were putting together a collection of um, uh, English 
or British um, stories about uh, ghost children. So I say, well, at, at that time I sort of never had written short stories, only novels. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I said to myself, well, I, I might, that might be funny to, uh, to propose them um, um, uh, a story with a sort of a ghost child. But I, I, I didn't want, uh, it's not that I am looking for originality. It's just that, again, I don't want to, I want to follow what's developed in my brain. And I, I don't want to, uh, to be, and, and I, I want to, to have, to leave some sort of freedom to the reader, so it, it, it has to it has to be. Um, I'm, I, will, I will I will take that in a sort of different way. Um, what's interesting, if you when you read something, is not to be directed from point A to point B. You really have to uh, to. to Enter some sort of world and not being, uh, not being. It's it's not a, a guided tour. Uh, so if you uh, if you have to deal with a writer who is going to give you the uh, sort of uh, usual, uh, um, you will you will have this kind of guided tour thing at the beginning. But mm-hmm. so if but if you try to. If you uh, considering that, if you um, just trust your reader that it, it, he or she is going to discover with you a number of uh, crazy things, then uh, it, it's then comes the the, the, the um, you feel freer and you can give your ri- uh, your readers uh, any any sort of things. You don't control yourself in the sense that, that you have to. Um, Stick to a number of um, uh, pre um, uh, pre pre or usual forms. I don't know how to say that. So mm-hmm. you have to, you really have to uh, uh, follow what's what takes um, form in your mind. And 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 the this uh, fox which gets out of the uh, of the girl. Um, Well, it sort of uh, imposed itself. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> From it, it, pr- it, it probably has very clear roots. Uh, if if I if I, um, but uh, well, you play obviously with you know some Japanese traditions, but I think that yes, in a way. But the, the, there's also the the, the uh, all these you, you could well ladies giving birth to rabbits. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a a crazy story of the seventeenth uh, or eighteenth eighteenth century of this woman who had rabbits, mm-hmm. um, and you, so you, you you could you 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 can read things about that, and then they probably mature in my brain and give this kind of a, and then of course the, there was the story of uh, the David Garnett story of uh, uh, Fox into Lady, mm-hmm. so that was a sort of homage to that uh, with. <laughs> slightly different uh, and probably yes uh, again a, a number of uh, troubling things uh, having to deal with the body of ladies mm. a lot of people tell me that I'm not very uh, nice to uh, 
the uh, women's bodies, but I, th I don't think I'm, also, I'm, I'm very nice either with uh, bodies of men. So it doesn't. Uh, but it, it, it certainly interests me to to also to uh, on top of all these things, the the, the, the body itself uh, is quite a recurring. Um, element of the stories yeah yeah I body marks the uh, the stories in a way um, you're the the French David Cronenberg oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah recently I've seen this uh, it was the first time I, re um, I was slightly disappointed because the, f the film itself is kind of uh, um, slightly ugly in fact the um, I shouldn't say that people are going, going to hate me but um, Videodrome Video drum. Yeah, but it's of course it's rather impressive from this kind of uh, yeah. All of a sudden, the p body parts are taking lives on their <laughs> own, and yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting now. Uh, I but I think too with prose you can create effects because you're accessing our reader's mind directly. It's far more powerful, more mm -hmm. creates more like memories. Yeah, because I don't want. Uh, again, I think the, the the most honest thing you can do when you write is really putting the things in front of the right of the reader, and he has to he, he or she has to uh, deal with it. Right. Yeah. So it has to be. It it has to. You have to give it a sort of charming. You don't do that for. Um, but of course, it has to be as um, intriguing as possible, and the way I write is trying to do that yeah by mm. by holding back you create a narrative force of the reader trying to put together the net of what your vision is mm. for any particular story I have to say though too I mean you do a great job at um, mixing it up in that there's all sorts of stories in this book it's not just one kind of thing that's one of the things I think that's the real power of the horror genre is that it allows you to use elements of the fantastic in a number of ways, whether it's something really hallucinatory like Fox and the Lady or something a little more straightforward like Child of Evil Stars, distressing, <laughs> distressing story. <laughs> or, um, and uh, the classic, you even deal with the absolutely classic uh, trope, the old towpath, mm. which is, this is, I mean, um, the idea of the fairy tale is that it's a warning story. You tell the story to children. Don't go where the witches are. Don't go out on the path at night because that's where the witches are. They'll eat you and your child is less likely to wander off at night and freeze to death. Mm. <laughs> so you play with that in the old towpath to, to great effect. Oh uh, Yeah, again, there was... Um there's a setting to the st to, to the story, which also gives the uh, because it was. Uh, where where were you when you when you conceived that, or where is that based? It's, on? it's the uh, it's the um, the suburbs of York, the city of York. Mm -hmm. uh, this and this, there there is really an old towpath. Although my translator uh, says to me that it's not a it's not a towpath because is a is an extremely precise man. So he said to me. You cannot call it the towpath as you called it because, and uh, just to yet, yeah, the towpath was written in English directly. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, with this, uh, it was also some sort of a um, uh, challenge in a way because a friend of mine wanted me to write. Um, Is this Ray Russell? 
No, 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 no. It's at, uh, it's at France who have a bilingual uh -huh. uh, magazine quarterly in France, oh. uh, English and French, and, and she, she, she's, um, she wanted me to write something in, in, in English as well. I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I can, but and then the, I, w I had this story for quite a long time that dealt with this um, uh, place because the place itself has a, um, this kind of a completely uh, derelict um, surroundings of cities where you you, st you still see the uh, the city landscape slowly getting into some sort of a, a shapeless uh, thing which is neither countryside nor anything and it was uh, interesting to to have uh, a story there and then the, the story came of itself with this uh, this girl and the the the, uh, the uh, uh, sort of cauldron of dead memories and things like that this this would be uh things these, these are sort of uh, elements which are probably recurring in my um also in, in what i write that <laughs> there is some place where actually the the uh, parts of people are kind of <laughs> simmering or <laughs> <laughs> this is really something i can i can uh so you it's kind of your vision of the afterlife yeah, it could be or not. I mean, but it's it's. And then I'm uh, a, f a few one or two years after that, I uh, I had the, the huge uh, luck uh, to translate um, a novel by Ian Banks called uh, Fearsome Engine. Mm -hmm. And it, in Fearsome Engine, you have some some place called the crypt, where um, all the uh, but it's not parts. It's the it's the memories. But the memories are so physical. Say, so, well, it's kind of a, it's it's funny because it's kind of a, something I, I it, which is um, which I could deal with, which could be either the afterlife or um, some sort of parallel <laughs> uh, world where um, bits of people yes would mix and give some sort of interesting results. <laughs> unfortunate <laughs> results uh, yeah you have a section of the book called crucifixions mm. and, and the first story in there is something called passing forms uh, that <laughs> tell us about that story again yeah. there, there's a really precise setting to that story oh uh, really uh, which is uh, the beginning which 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 has this uh, again weird uh, landscape in the in the in the highlands in the uh, uh, Scottish Highlands. Well, I I, I got sort of um, um, dropped there by the bus, like the man, mm -hmm. and I wanted to spend there three or four days just walking. I, I had to. I was meeting fr my friends a bit, uh, some sometime some days after that, but I wanted to <laughs> get into um these kind of things maybe i'm also looking for these kind of places but uh, it was maybe uh, maybe <laughs> I, I picked the hotel just by chance and what what is what what i describe is fairly uh there mm -hmm. there was a, a sort of a high highway not what are these scottish highways not not very large but uh with a lot of circulation and uh, and this dead um, deer, 
so one dead deer is kind of alright, but then the second dead deer is... Mm. And I, I didn't see the child, but I, 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 I started to wonder about uh, that you, you next thing could be a child, like in the story, and uh, what this child would be, yes, what it would, from where it would, it would be coming. And then came the, the, the fact that it could come from someone's imagination. So, or not in the sense that the man would have imagined this child, but that the child would really materialize from, from uh, the uh, um, imagination of the man, so, uh, or from the brain of the man, really. So uh, this was the, the, the story. Most, some of these stories are linked also with walking, mm. something I... I uh, I do a bit less now because I, I don't I go I don't go so often to these uh, mountains. Uh, but I'm I'm the the how to say that I do a lot of city walking, which is also is, is kind of a good thing for getting to to see places which are which will take part into these kind of stories. So, do you have some urban equivalents of these stories that we haven't read yet? So stories like this set more in the, the city? Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious mm. because you, just to take a little break, you talked about writing novels. How many novels have you written and is there a chance we could see one in English soon? I mean, if there are, and, and, I mean it, this stuff is amazing. Um, there are three novels actually. And are they horror novels? Um, slightly less than the story, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, the first one has some, uh, which is has been published in something like seven, fifteen years ago. <coughs> it's more like the setting is a bit weird, but it's it's uh, it's it's. Uh, some people like it very much. I think I am starting to be kind of uh, slightly um, not disappointed by it, but uh, well, mm, it's the past. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a second one which has. Definitely more uh, uh, horror elements in it, with uh, some sort of parallel worlds and uh, a, a man who is in capacity of talking with the dead, and things happen. <laughs> uh, but it's mixed. Well, it uh, this is from ten years ago, and it's uh, uh, this one which is going to be published in French these days. Oh. Um, in months or so, and it has uh, <coughs> it's one of these uh, <laughs> Ruritanian novels, but uh, not exactly done in a Ruritanian, <coughs> just like the um, uh, you know, this um, uh, fake um, uh, Carpathian, Carpathian or, or Serbian or whatever, mm -hmm. or Yugoslavian. Uh, um, Kingdoms. Oh, okay. Oh, so things happening, or like the uh, and it, it, it's so it's it describes the um, it describes the falling apart of a country which is kind of uh, cornered in between Romania and Ukraine and different other countries and mm -hmm. the Turks as well, and slowly uh, you follow the the, the destiny of uh, five. Inhabitants of this uh, country, and little by little, it goes apart. And there, the, it, it has some some sort some sort of a, 
fantasy, not fantasy, no, no dragons, no unicorns, but... Uh, <laughs> Thank God, uh, I would do that. It would be interesting. I, I, I don't dislike it, actually. Mm. I, but I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I don't think I'm able to do that, to, to write these kind of things, because they are too different from uh, what I write. <laughs> but, uh, so th th this would be my, my, yes, this would be my take on <laughs> these kind of things. Well, uh, but it's not fully horror, and I'm writing right now. I'm, 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 I'm trying, not trying, but I'm writing something which is more. Um, it has some science fiction elements, but it, it's mostly, uh, yes, again, some sort of horror. Well, this all sounds wonderful. <laughs> Let, let's. Any chance? How how do we get that stuff translated? So, as for the, uh, the latest, uh, it has been translated by my uh, extremely kind and devoted and uh, talented uh, <laughs> friend, right, uh, translator and writer, yeah, uh, Willie Charlton. Yeah, he did a fantastic mm. job. Yeah, it's, it's a very good. Uh, it, it's not as... Um, um, it, it translated a few things, I think, but uh, he's a teacher of philosophy. He's mm. been... Uh, teaching in different universities in, in, in Britain and in Ireland but um, and I was retired and write still writing um, metaphysical metaphysic books dealing with me metaphysics and also uh, uh, mystery is mm. a mystery writer as well and he published quite interesting beautiful stories with Tartarus as well oh really I'll have stories. to look them up yeah Willie Charlton is um, um, we met through an interest in uh, Ernest Brahma and uh, Arthur Mack Macken. Because mm -hmm. oh. it, it was one of the, f is, is the first biographer of uh, Arthur Macken together okay. with a friend. All right. So it's, it's very. Um, yeah, you, you pay, you do an homage, uh, in a sense, to uh, Macken in this book, Pan's Children. <laughs> now, y yes. <laughs> yeah, quite, so, so. quite well done, I must yeah. say. So. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Where was that? What setting did that come from? Uh, again, again, a walk in uh, in the borders, mm. and a very, very beautiful walk with uh, some strange happenings. Uh, really? Yes. <laughs> what? Well, what strange happened here? Uh, this creature actually existed. Oh, really? But not exactly how I describe it. <laughs> it has been transformed again. But the, the uh, yes, the, the uh, I think it was uh, some sort of uh, uh, infant uh, weasel or something like that. Mm. But the, the, the effect was uh, very, very... Uh, do you have the, you, you, you panic, uh, panic in the in the in the panic sense. In the, oh, really? In the, in the so Ma just Mackinnon sense. Oh, was, really? Mm. Oh, it's a, a powerful story. Uh, Brunel's invention <laughs> is a is a great uh, ascent into nightmare, and I I think that that's a that's a really that's a story that the reader gets to put together. I think you do mm. a great job of letting the reader put that one together. Yeah, well, some 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 not quite a lot, but some people told me that. What happens there? <laughs> uh, what do you have to? Uh, does the child exist, or does, uh, does the boy exist, or is he? I don't want to answer to that. Mm -hmm. It's really up to them. And it, the boy is like probably the Schrödinger cat. He exists and he doesn't exist. <laughs> do as you like. It's really the the the, the 
the reader ha really has to, to do the job. I, uh, and to give it its, uh, uh, his or her interpretation to that story, really. You know, uh, the third section of this book, the story of Margaret, mm. you have these two stories that are written. This is one of the most amazing pieces of fiction I think I've ever read because it's so intricately constructed. I mean, if you could put that, these stories on like a diagram board, there'd be a thousand different connections between them. So I, I'd like you to talk about that because your style, you manage to seem very free-flowing, but it also seems really like uh, almost hardwired. Did you like have to go back and nudge things into place to keep the kind of the imagery back and forth? Mirror-esque or mirroring, or did it just... No, it just went rather flowing. Oh, really? Most of the stories, yes. This story has quite a kind of interest set, interesting setting in the sense that um, uh, it deals with something which happened in the family mm -hmm. um, and which was discovered pretty recently. One of my... Um, the, 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 um, the murderer described in the second story uh, um, is, was my great-great-grandfather, I think. Yes, great-great grandfather of my grandfather, um, of my grandmother. So uh, we had this sort of dark point, dark, obscure point in the, in the, in the genealogy that nobody knew. Um, you, you have this, I don't know, you, you have these mythologies in families that oh, sure. some, some uh, persons, some ancestors uh, have a you don't know why they have some sort of a, a bearing. I mean, my family, uh, both on my parents' and mother's, uh, my, both my parent, um, on both of my parents' sides are kind of pretty normal. French with a, some mixing, but pretty normal uh, people. Um, but then you have these dark points, and uh, my mother does a bit of genealogy, and she got stuck in this, in one of the, um, in this, uh, dealing with this young woman who, who was really called Margaret. Um, because obviously this young Margaret died very young and she was uh, buried under another name. Mm. Um, and so the story took shape of what could have happened to her. Uh, I knew a bit of uh, the rest of her life, but most of what is written is completely invented. But it had this sort of bits of uh, reality and it, it was built on the, uh, the first story, um, uh, Story of the Eye, Mémoire mm de -hmm. l'œil, uh, it's in French, and how, how it has it been? What the, what the eye remembers. Right. What the eye remembers. So. Uh, and I, I knew that she was married to uh, um, a maker of uh, glass eyes. Uh, <laughs> that was, I mean, that was real. Uh, uh, and it was so extremely, it was so bizarre, in fact. Um, and then, uh, so this first story was written, and then um, my mother went a bit further, and she sort of could, she didn't, she didn't, and she didn't resolve this mystery of why the, the young woman has been buried under some other name, but um, she um, discovered another p 
piece, a, a dead certificate, on which I made a, sort of a, a little inquiry. And then we discovered that uh, this woman had been, a young woman had, had been uh, murdered by her husband, which we, which we, st a story we didn't know in the family at all. Although it was, it concerned um, people who were still alive when my, uh, my, my father was young. He, he knew the, he knew the grandmother who survived the, the, uh, in the family uh, slaughter. So the second story was also a, a sort of interpretation of a, a, another level of knowledge on, the, on this uh, family. Oh. And, it, and something could happen then, uh, a third story or fourth story, if uh, things are... It, 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 I, I could go on writing on this. Oh, good. Well, if, 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 uh, if, if, but if the... Let's say that if the... Uh, the quality of the, the visions or the material is good enough. It means if my sort of dream factory or brain factory is, is uh, able to do that. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't force myself to mm -hmm. write anything about that just because I have to. I, 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 I never do that. Mm. You know, uh, you, this is followed up by the finish of the book where you have Hilda uh, about in that story, a woman acquires a pet sellout, which is kind of like a panther. And this really reminded me, you, in this book, you really hit another kind of horror vibe. Richard Matheson, um, he wrote very straightforward kind of stories that were dark, dark, dark. Then he has a story called Blood Son about a young boy who's fascinated, <clears throat> goes down to the local flea-bitten zoo and finds a vampire bat and becomes fascinated with it and starts feeding himself to the vampire bat because he hates his dad so much. <laughs> oh, this is good. I have to write. I have to read that. <laughs> yeah, it's quite good. Uh, so talk about creating Hilda and, and her saga. Oh, there was um, 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 figures of animals. Uh, I mean, animals... Uh, humanized animals or uh, half animals half uh, um, well i think it's it's not a it's 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 completely fascinating it's mm. it's it's um <coughs> wild animals of any sorts um um especially when they enter uh forbidden or forbidden for them forbidden territories i'm i'm quite interested for instance by all these uh, urban foxes or um uh, i was it, it's not related to the story which was written way before, I think, but I, when I went uh, a few years ago, I went to uh, Vancouver, and it's incredible that you can, you can see a lot of wild animals roaming in the city, that you can, if you walk by night, uh, not even in the suburbs, you will meet raccoons or... Um, and this is really something which I... Uh, which is part of my life, also part of my uh, imagination that I, um, um, in a landscape, uh, especially in an urban landscape, I will, uh, look, uh, I will look for the, for the animals, for the uh, animal presence. Well, in a sense, that's what you do with your prose, is you set all the little wild animals that make up a human mind <laughs> loose <laughs> and unleash them in a kind of hallucinogenic uh, Hide. Mm. 
I, I'm a fan of urban animals too. We live in a Aptos and near Santa Cruz, and we have deer run through our backyard, mm. and mm. we have lots of opossums and foxes. So you saw a bobcat in the tree right behind our house, like mm. ten feet away. It was mm. pretty interesting. The I, I didn't. I never did anything uh, with that because probably uh, it was too. Uh, but one of the uh, craziest night I ever spent was in a in a um, in a hotel not far from Vancouver, and actually the bears were were coming at night and gnawing at the at the at the at the um, bins, and so you could see you could do well. It it will it might give something in, in a few in a few years again, but it's it's it's, it's, in, it's somewhere in my brain. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I look forward to that. Bears are extremely <laughs> terrorizing, and, and the. Uh, in Lamont, you create, I think, a really unusual uh, critter, I guess. But I don't want to say too much about the story. But talk about uh, that story, because that's an interesting story. I think one of the things you do very well is in all these stories, you, your voice is your, clearly that of a woman, not a girl, not a heavy-duty feminist kind of woman. Like, you're not, there's none of those kind of axe grinding or any of that mm. going on. I think you have a very even hand in the story and I guess we know that a woman's telling them but it seems very straightforward. So talk about that and I think especially uh, that there's a lot of that going on in Lamont. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm I realize more and more that um, <laughs> the world is not. I'm, I'm, I'm a feminist in the sense that uh, if I, if I now, if I see a, a, a panel discussing things on not on television because I, I don't watch television, but uh, in the ra either in, in in the radio or whatever, if I see a, a panel of people discussing this and that, and I realize, oh gosh, again four men, or uh, I will say to myself. What the heck? Um, it's so. I this gets on my nerves, but um, I will tend to say that uh, it. it uh, of course, the voice is probably sexualized. Mm -hmm. uh, it has a uh, gender, but I, it's also something completely natural. Mm -hmm. It has a gender because I am. A, uh, it has a gender because I have a gender. Yeah. Well, uh, but I, I. I don't force myself to. Uh, I think you do um, a great job of letting that flow freely mm, mm. and I think that has to do with the way you say the way you write is to just let your stories gestate inside and then mm. let the prose describe mm. the story mm, mm. and uh, so all sorts of voices are going to be interested for me mm -hmm. um, if it, they come naturally mm -hmm. I, w I won't force myself to take uh, the voice of a, of, of a child if, the ch if, if I don't feel it, it for instance, you, you have this with uh, writing dialogues, mm -hmm. uh, which we, I think you can find some in the stories, but not so much. But uh, and it really quite often the dialogues are what is going to set things. Um, how to say that in a story or in a novel, which contains dialogue. Um, the, the, the label of uh, 
efforts and uh, of this which for me is insane will of directing the reader will show itself quite well in dialogues because um, you have that in, 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 the, in the French cinema for instance people in the French cinema people most of the time speak in a way which is neither natural nor even interestingly theatrical or dramatic. <laughs> it's just a sort of, uh, yeah, let's get to the point, let's explain things. And uh, so the voice, these things with the voice is, is, is a bit the same. It has really, again, it has to come naturally. So uh, there is no theorization of anything. I'm, I'm just I'm just reading a uh, a book which is in a way full of theorization, but it's it, it's and it's not French. Uh, I will show it. Uh, it's it's called the ancestor, and it's from um, I want uh, Argentinian or um, I'm going to I will have a look at the book. It's it's from a Latin American writer anyway. But the generalization in the book are so fed by uh, the actual um, materiality of the story that mm. you don't f you don't read them and you don't feel them as generalizations mm. so I would say the same for this um, uh, I'm, ne I'm, I'm never interested into uh, uh, fleshless Generalization in fictions. I mean, this kind of uh, and it's and again. The, the, the There's plenty of flesh in these stories, generally. <laughs> unhappily yeah, it, so. It, it, it has to come from the flesh, really, hmm? uh, or from 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 the and or from the thinking flesh, a flesh hmm. as as you like, but from the from the uh, living or dead flesh. But it, it has to come from from this uh, fascinating work of uh, biology of. Uh, life. It's very interesting. Final story in this book is called Feral mm. and it's just a magnificent uh, and again a great take on a trope we all know the wild child and com again completely original and what you do is you take it down to utter complete realism. I mean the way it's described in the story it seems like, you know, it not only can happen, it seems like it probably already has happened. Yeah, the, the, the um, uh, again, it, it deals with things we've discussed already that uh, this suburban or next, because it's, it's really the, the uh, a place which exists uh, not far, not from, not far from the place I live, and it's 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 an interesting place because it's it's uh, it's really crossed by um, <laughs> sort of different forces. I'm, um, I, I don't want to sound deeply mystical, but um, and it's 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 already in the previous story in Lamont. You have uh, also uh, part of the setting is, is there. Mm -hmm. You have this um, peripheric which goes all around Paris, which is really which was which replaced uh, um, what existed uh, in the still in the forties because I think they were sort of torn down in the forties. Hadrian's what, Wall was it? 
all it was the it was the fortification of Paris. I think right. they were destroyed before, and but around Paris you had what was called la zone, mm-hmm. uh, which was really uh, the, the 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 ruins of this uh, fortification, on which quite a lot of the very poor settlements were um, um, actually people were living there in in, in rather shanty towns or rather poor people really uh, and with the um, uh, with the, the uh, rural exodus how do you call that in English the the uh, migration oh rural exodus yeah 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 uh, the, the it, it, it had to be it, had, it, it was built with uh, uh, blocks of flats in the 50s 60s and uh, I don't know which crazy urbanist decided that Paris had to have this uh, peripheric, which is a huge highway circling mm. Paris. Okay. Uh, and it, 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 at this precise place, it broke down um, a huge park, uh, which, which is the, the park of the uh, um, uh, Cité Universitaire. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave a sort of interesting landscape, really, of uh, this circular highway and the highway from uh, l'autour du sud the highway from the south which goes in paris exactly at this place and then another circle uh, circular way around paris which is what, what we call the green um, the green path whatever the green which was used to be a circular railway around paris as well mm-hmm. and of which you can see the still sort of it, it still exists it could run again uh, and it makes this sort of uh, green scars all ar- around Paris. Rather strange, <laughs> rather <laughs> mysterious. You always wonder what's in, 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 in them. So, uh, and there's a little park from which you can really see the, uh, uh, this huge um, fort in Paris. And this, this, w- this is really a sort of fascinating place. You can you, and you can really imagine that things are, are going to happen there. So it was like a normal sort of logical way to, to get this girl down this um, down this kind of uh, huge mm, well, similar also to vulva if you if you allow me this comparison so yeah that, that was the the um, again a, a, a point of a, 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 a feature of the landscape which really gives birth to some sort of a and in, in it has it has in a way it can be described fairly realistically because it, it it not only because it exists but also because it's um, well for me it's there since quite a while because I've been living in these surroundings for quite a while and so it it also not it exists but it also has been already transformed into my personal again brand <laughs> brand factory. Mm. Now, uh, we have this single collection from Tartarus. Is there anything new coming out in English? Do you know in the so near near future? I don't think so. In the, in the, in the, in the next in the next, uh, um, except that my, again, my friend uh, Willie Charlton has translated this uh, sort of a Carp- Carpathian novel. Or oh, and we we'll, we kind of look for a, a publisher. Oh, okay. Well, I'm. Definitely looking forward to that. I've been speaking with Anne Sylvie Salzman. Her new book from Tartarus Press is Darkscapes, 
Thank you for joining me, Anne. Thank you. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.